Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Juliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we're recording in a nice quiet place, we're in the State Library of New South Wales, lovely spot to be, but it does mean that we're sitting opposite one another across the table, which we don't normally do, Oops. so you'll have to bear with me if this, when you hear it, sounds like there's lots of cuts in it because I might have to do a lot of editing because it's quite distracting looking out the glass windows. We can't hear anything, it's really quiet and they can't hear anything of what we're saying. But you know what Fuliana's like, you know, I've just got to keep her on track. She, she said to me before we started recording, she said, I don't know what I'm going to say today. And I thought, well, when has that ever stopped you? But we might get on to the actual topic. Today we're going to talk about interview, the interview process and interviews generally. And we're going to look at it from both sides of the table. So it's probably good that we're sitting this way. We have both had a lot of experience in interviewing people. We have had probably a bit less experience in being interviewed, although we have both been interviewed quite extensively, both for jobs and for other activities. And so that might be something interesting that we can talk about as well, is why do we look at a job interview being different to an interview about a project? You know, if we're talking to the media or we're talking to a client group or another team leader or another organisation. And I know from the public speaking side of things, I actually don't look at it as any different. I consider all of those activities to be public speaking activities and you need to prepare for them, but that's a whole other topic that we're going to talk about at some later stage when I'm going to talk about opportunities for public speaking and for presentations and what you need to do and how you need to focus. So today we're going to get back to the topic, eventually, when she stops talking, <laughs> about interviews. Okay, well, I think we're going to talk about the job interviewing situation and really there's many, many articles about it by people as well. So I'm not going to go into the general, I'm going to talk about the essence behind the interviewing process and the focus by both the interviewer or the interviewing committee and the interviewee. So if I start off with the people interviewing, they're obviously trying to attract the right person to the organisation. And I think that's really important to think about the total hire and not specific, not to talk about, I need this person to fill in this position. That in itself is not enough because it can lead to maybe not the right hire. If you're talking about getting someone to do a task, that might be a contract, a specific hiring with a specific technical skill or a need for a short period of time. If you're looking for someone to work on projects for the organisation long term or to join the organisation as a potential retention issue where you want to keep that person and make them part of the organisation, then the cultural fit is very, very important. I think by the time you get to interview, you've gone through a fairly extensive process and that process can be the filter. We saw in our time in mainstream recruitment that there was a move from just the standard, here is a job and, and you apply for it and you throw in your resume, to jobs where the selection criteria was very clear and you had to address your application and your resume and your experience to the selection criteria in order to help the employing organisation filter out the people that they felt were going to be the best fit for them. So I think when you get to the point of the interview, you don't need 
to be overwhelmed by how you can impress the interviewing committee or the, the, the people interviewing you with all of the things that you've done. Really, you're at the point where they know all of that or they've taken all of that into consideration and you're at a point where you need to be in the moment and listening to what they're asking you and not have the rote answers that you think they want to hear. Now, this is the, the, the topic that we really need to explore quite extensively because if you start saying the things that you think they need to hear and they're not related to what you do or how you work or how you think, then it's not the right fit. You're, you're not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy. But let's look at it from your point of view, first of all. You're not going to be happy. And really, you look, you're seeking a position for a whole range of reasons. So think about, you know, you really should have a list of, of the reasons that you're looking at that position and the things that you think it will give you. And if that hasn't been clear to you before you get to the interview, they're the things that you ask at the interview to make sure that you are on the right path. And further down the track in, in this discussion, we'll probably talk about what you do if you feel during the interview that it's not the right place. You know, do you pursue it and, and hope that you get it or hope that you don't get it? But we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's be at the beginning where we've been through the process, we, we've been shortlisted. So it's been an extensive, these days they are quite extensive um, pre-interview activities. So we've done all of that. And we still feel like, yes, it, it seems like it's the right sort of a job and you've been shortlisted for interview. What do we do next? I want to talk about respect, both parties respect. I often hear other companies or individuals saying this is a horrible experience. Mm -hmm. Now, I think we need to show respect both ways. So somebody went to the trouble of applying for a job that you advertise. If you're a panel or a member of a panel, give that person the right and the courtesy to have understood and have questions to ask them. Be on time. I know sometimes it can't be helped, but as a committee, you've got to show that this company cares about people, so therefore be on time, be presentable. I, I really don't mind what industry you're in. It might be a very casual start-up with young, dynamic people. That's fine, but this is an interview, so make the effort because I'm going to say exactly the same thing to the person applying. Show respect the other way. They took the time to invite you for an interview. Don't be lazy, be prepared. Understand what that company is. There's plenty of public material this, these days. There's people work there so you can reach out. Find out, turn up on time and be dressed appropriately for an interview. Again, some of you might think, oh yeah, well in your day, Pollyanna, and that's old fashioned. I don't. I'm not telling you what to wear. I'm just saying be appropriately presentable and respectful for the environment that you're going, which is a job interview. It's a formal process. It's business as business. Yes. You are presenting yourself as someone who's going to be an addition, a positive influence on this particular organisation. And if you're not dressed appropriately yes. to reinforce that message, then the first 90 seconds, regardless of how much we train ourselves, the first 90 seconds is when we judge people. Yes. And so you need to know that that first 90 seconds is going to help what you want to sell of yourself or what you want to present of yourself. 
There's many things that you can bring to the interview with you in, in your mind and, and be prepared. The most important one for me is to come saying is, what is your elevator pitch? Have that or, or your logo? In this case, it's, it's something you're communicating as is why you and why you for this job and why you for this organization. That's a no-brainer. Have that done in a way that is truly reflective of you and truly communicated, easily understood, so very plain. The other one is come with examples. We all heard the term behavioural event type interviews. People want to know about... Have we? Oops, yeah. <laughs> I've been out of it too well, long. Anybody can ask a question and anybody can answer it. But when they say, tell me about a time when... You were, you know, give me an example mm. of, well, don't get flustered because you think, well, I've been working for, you know, so many years and there's about a hundred. Well, you know, that's going to be asked on those lines. So have some in your filing cabinet, in your head, where you can say, all right, this is about teamwork. I would have those three examples in my head and depend how the interview goes, which one I'll drag out. If, you, if it's about leadership, if it's about dealing with conflict, if it's about the unknown, a surprise situation where you, you're in a situation where things are heated up, how do you de-escalate, how do you keep calm, how do you come up with solutions. Have examples where you were at meetings that happened without betraying confidentiality, you can communicate it. And as a panel, you will always want to know in real life how the person is. So that's why you do it that way. And that's why you do that when you ask references later on. You don't just say, what, what's he or she like? You, you say, um, can you give me an example where he didn't agree with you as the, as the manager and how did he handle it or how did she handle it? That sort of thing. So again, being prepared it is one of the things that is important with having things at hand so that you're not sitting there getting flustered. Take your time to think, of course. Nobody's going to say, you know, immediately. But it's better if you're prepared because you feel calmer and you feel done your mm. best um, example here. And be positive on both sides of the table, be positive without being aggressive or assertive, but just be positive. And if that means I know that it's a nervous time for most people because yeah. they're on show, so you need to have a routine that gives you a positive frame of mind. And I'm not talking about being going in and smiling and, and, and cheering, but about having your mindset so that you are in a positive frame of mind, so that you are empowered, because if you're not positive then you're not empowered and you won't present yourself the best way possible. Another angle is not to bring baggage with you both ways. So nowadays we do know that it, it takes a while to get a job because it depends on the market and the market can be really tough and people, you know, fantastic people are out there competing for the same job. So you, as an applicant, may have had not so good experiences whereby you were not treated with respect, nobody came back to you and you, you know you had experiences where it was they just going through the motions or whatever, whatever. Don't bring that to this meeting because of this, this is not where you've been. These are not the same people. Don't put a big label on it say corporates don't care. It will come across. You will be coloured by that.
likewise as a committee so there's so many good people out there we shortlisted out of thousands and we used an agency and everything what sort of caliber is this i'm sick of wasting my time looking don't this is not the person you interviewed before this is a person you haven't met most of the time so don't bring that baggage with you treat it open and fair otherwise you're going to miss out on selecting someone really good yeah. and you're going to miss out on getting a job because of your baggage that just reminded me that the other part of respect is about after the interview and it's about from the committee point of view and, and from the interviewee point of view as well you both need to thank one another for the opportunity the committee needs to thank you the interviewee for the opportunity of talking to you and you need to thank the committee for giving you the time to express your interest in their position. It doesn't need to be a big email. It doesn't need to be a, a, a major event. It just needs to be an acknowledgement that both parties spent time and both parties had an opportunity and they should appreciate that opportunity. And then further down the track when a decision is made, and perhaps in that email or that communication, the interviewing committee can give an indication of how long a decision might take. And in the event that even, nobody wants to give bad news, no one wants to say, no, we're not going to do this, we're not going to go any further, it wasn't you, whatever else it is. No one wants to give the bad news, but you've got to have some sort of template ready so that you don't have to think about it as an interviewer and you just send it out and it just says, again, we thank you for your time on this occasion, we have whatever or that you are unsuccessful. You know, just make it simple and please, please... Don't put at the end of it, where even though what you weren't successful this time, can we keep your details on record? Because from the receiving person's point of view, they don't see it. They don't read it. They don't think it's genuine. So don't ask. If you want to keep their details, there is nothing to stop you within your own regulations to keep that information. It's personal information. You've got to keep it on file for X amount of years. You can recontact them at some later date if you need to and say, are you interested in this or we thought you might be suitable for this. They'll certainly say no. But don't rub salt into the wound when you're giving bad information by saying, oh, but you know, we'll still want to keep you on, on board. Because what does that mean? And this is my principle for either side of the table is put yourself in the other shoes. And if you put yourself in the other shoes, would you like to get it? Would you really believe that that was going to be the case? And if not, then don't put it in your communication. <laughs> I also believe that you there, it's your brand's image. As an, as an organisation, whatever you do, however you handle it, it is about your brand. So that person may or may not get their job, but if whatever that person goes around thinking about your performance as an organization rather than just individuals interviewing and how they communicate that I, I went for an interview and what it depends what they say after that that's key because if you're saying we you know care about people we want to hire the best we go out of groceries whatever that will be nonsense if you treated someone with disrespect mm. if you gave them a nonsense reply you know a, a letter to say sorry and give them the sort of things that kim was talking about but if you can personalize it i know it's a lot of ask but it's a good investment a 
your reputation mm -hmm. and your image and your company's image to give them some feedback about, if possible, about why and what could they do differently or better. It might be about the interview itself, that's only one part of the, the process we know that. It might be about the skill set, but exactly what and whatever it is. If you can give them feedback, that's only going to make them better for them. It's better for them to learn from it, but also for you because two things. One is that person might be exactly what you need next time and you want them to be one of the people that, that apply. Two, you might even be in that organisation yourself and you're someone else. You, your life will cross paths again and you want to know you've done the right thing. We're running a little bit out of time because we talked quite extensively. It's probably a subject that we haven't touched on so we might have to revisit it a few times. But the underwriting principle that I talked about where you put yourself both sides of the situation, I want to talk a little bit about the interview process these days that I'm hearing about in that unusual questions are being asked. Questions that are not to do with the job, not to do with work, not to do with your background, your experience, your knowledge, all of those sorts of things. And things like, I know that I have, I think I might have mentioned it in a previous podcast, that I, I had someone tell me that they went to an interview or a discussion, it was, for a CEO position and they were asked to tell a joke. How relevant is that? <laughs> well, I wonder why. I wonder what the thinking was behind it. Was it to see how well they think on their feet? Was it to see whether, you know, perhaps in the interviewing panel's idea, it was to throw something unusual, something out yeah. of left field at them to Possibly. see how they reacted? Maybe it was to see whether there was some underlying character that they weren't seeing at the interview, that they perhaps had an inkling of, that they had heard about, whatever else it was. Or perhaps it was, and this is what the person's concern was, that perhaps they had gone to their Facebook page mm. and seen what they talk about on their Facebook page and were a bit concerned about... The style of the you style of, back off. You know, whether they were seeing mm. all of the person that was being presented to them. And he said that... On the spur of the moment, he couldn't think of anything and that had he been in that position again, he thought it was a good question. Mm -hmm. On reflection, he thought it was a good question because it put him on the spot, it made yeah. him think, it made him wonder all of these things and to a point be concerned about the image that he was presenting that people could access without talking to him, which was the social media sort of things. And so he tidied that up, so it was a good thing that it happened. But he felt that it was probably something that he would use in interviews mm -hmm. because of all the reactions that he had. But he couldn't think of a joke. And so he said to them, he said, that's a very unusual question and I am lost for words and I'm not usually one who is lost for words, but I am lost for words on this occasion because I can't really think of a joke that I could relay to you that I would be able to do justice. Mm -hmm. And so... In his answer and in thinking on his feet and in saying that sort of thing, it was all about he was saying no, he couldn't. He wasn't just going to think of something. So that told them something about his yeah. thought process. He told them why. He related it to him. Uh, he didn't try and bring it down to a level of, oh, you know, well, you, yeah. you probably wouldn't like my jokes. Or, you know, he didn't make it too yeah. close. He still mm -hmm. maintained a distance. Yeah. And so I felt that that was probably a very good 
way of resolving it. And in fact, he did get offered the job. He didn't take it, mm-hmm. but he did get offered the job. And I thought it was a that also was a very good resolution that it, that he yeah. didn't feel like on one thing he had fallen down in the yes. interview process. The only thing I would add to that is that if I was on the panel, and because of all those why did they ask that question, and there's so many, I would have no problem if they asked me about a joke and I don't know how I would handle it. Not many jokes. <laughs> but I, I, I might handle it the same as this other person. But what I would have really liked is at the end of that is for them to say, now we ask this question because, because that will give me learning as well. Mm. Again, if you're on interviewing panels, make sure that you discuss with the rest of the panel what questions you're going to ask. I know that when I was very involved in the interview process, we used to have set questions that we asked everybody and no one could stray from those. You couldn't try and find out a little bit more information if the answer wasn't what you wanted. It was just these are the questions we asked so that we asked the same of everybody. I was on other panels where each was just given one of the selection criteria and they could ask their own questions and they could be different each time. So you need, as an interviewing panel, to talk about how the interview is going to run, who's going to ask which questions, and how you're going to handle dissent amongst the committee when you're not comfortable with the way the interview is going, all those sorts of things. One of the things that we did touch on briefly at the beginning was about what to do when you feel, either as the committee or as the interviewee, that it's not going well that, or that you're not the right fit. Uh, do you cut it short and you say, well, yeah, this is just not working for either of us, you know, we better just not waste one another's time? What do we do? That's one approach. But the other approach is right through that, if I'm the in- person being interviewed and I realise that there must be something drastic because I would have done my homework, mm. and if that happens... I will not terminate the interview, I will not lose interest, I'll continue to be engaged and do what I can, only because it's my reputation, it's my presentation, it's my opportunity to meet these three people or four, whatever it is, and for me to leave it. It's later on that in whether they offer or before they offer, I'll think about how I come and not waste time. So, look, let me clarify something because if this is my understanding and based on that, I don't think I want to go ahead and that's fine. But for the interview itself, I will not and I will stay engaged. And that's important because otherwise they read things in not knowing that it's not for me. Yes. As a panel, again, if you thought the person is not the right person, again, to be consistent, if you, it depends on your process, it to be consistent, let the person have the full opportunity. Or clarify there and then. You just said that you worked, you did an identical job for like this and you gave us three reasons why you hated it. Could you please again <laughs> tell us why you applied for this one? If yes. it's something like that. So yeah. clarify and then say, well, based on this, we might have to leave it there and you can do that. I think we might call a halt to this particular discussion. It obviously is one that we will talk about again because we've talked for quite some considerable time. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.